Hey y'all, what if you really could change your life? If there was a way to be healthy and intentional in every area of your life? Good news, there is. And we show you how each week on All of You Whole. Hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. Every episode is an in-depth look at how to help you get unstuck, be brave in your life choices, and have a meaningful life all either from my own experiences or from the experts I interview. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. That's the biggest thing that I really like teaching my clients is let's get you to where you feel like 99 to 100%. Let's get you like really, really good. That way, when you do bring something back in that you sort of tolerate, bring it back in occasionally, And you won't feel quite like you won't go from like 99 to like 25%. You'll go from like 99 to like maybe 80 or maybe. And that's what you do is you learn which foods have not a great response and which ones just totally put you in bed the next day. Today on the show, we are talking about something really, really important, and that is cancer. Cancer has probably affected all of us, whether that's a diagnosis we ourselves have received or that a loved one has received. And today we're talking about a really interesting aspect of this conversation, and that's diet and nutrition. So we're specifically going to talk about cancer prevention using diet and nutrition. And we're chatting with Tiffany Meyer, who is an oncology nutrition consultant and a functional nutrition nutrition therapy practitioner. If this episode was meaningful to you or you think it could be meaningful to someone you love, please share this episode. Without further ado, let's dive right in. Welcome to the show, Tiffany. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Great. Hi. Nice to be here. (laughs) So can you briefly introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about you? So I'm Tiffany Meyer. I am a certified oncology nutrition consultant, as well as a functional nutritionist. I have a private practice. I, what else do you want to know? I'm married. I have four kids. I have two dogs. That's yeah. I mean, I'm married to a chiropractor. That's probably relevant. (laughs) Yeah. That's so fun. No, I'm married to a physician too. So it's fun to have like, at at least he's, I guess, probably more Eastern on the scale. My husband's like fully Western. So it's an interesting perspective to have both of us. So before we dive into the science behind preventing cancer, using food as medicine, Mm -hmm. I really want to dive in first to your story. So Can you tell us how did you get here? What led to you becoming an oncology nutrition consultant and all the other things you do? Yeah. So (laughs) you and I were chit-chatting before we got rolling and everything. And it's so true that I find most people in my situation, they have their own health struggle, their own journey. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was gut issues. Maybe they had some hormone imbalances, infertility, all of those things. Mm -hmm. Honestly, my biggest thing is like stress migraines, tension, all of those things, which is a big deal, but there wasn't anything to push me personally over the edge into cancer. It was really my mom. My mom was diagnosed right before she turned 62. She was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's large cell B lymphoma. And within about three and a half months, it was really aggressive. She had some complications. She had a I believe it was a, I've said five and six, I believe it was a five pound tumor, essentially crushing her small intestines and due to complications with surgery and just everything else. It it was about three and a half months, four months since she passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's been nine and a half years. So it's still hard, especially around the holidays. (laughs) Of course. Oh um, man. 
No, she's, she's my drive. She's my blessing. Every time I look at something, I'm like, Oh, well, I don't want them to go through what I went through. So can I help mm. this person? Can, what if it's somebody's mom, somebody's daughter, somebody's sister, somebody's brother, somebody's father, somebody's best friend from college, somebody's, yeah. you know, every time I think, well, she was all of those things to somebody besides just me being her daughter. So, yeah. So she really inspired you. It wasn't your own cancer diagnosis. It was your mom's. Yeah. And it sounds like she really inspired you to kind of get to the bottom of it and see what you could do to help. Yeah, no, she was such a cool person and she was just so bright and so full of joy. And my brothers and I have three brothers. We talk about her sometimes and we talk about how she almost had this like childlike way of looking at things. And she was always just such, such a good cheerleader for people. And I remember like, this was years ago. This is so embarrassing. She would go to Whole Foods and I was like, "Uh uh-huh, how's Whole Paycheck working for you? And she would buy the organic and I would kind of sass her at the time because I I was young. I didn't know. Right. Yeah. We didn't know. (laughs) And different things that I know now have kind of changed my perception. And I've been able Mm. to kind of like reverse analyze it in retrospect, but you know, she put flaxseed on her cereal and she was doing the kale and just doing all the things that she knew Mm -hmm. how to, she was doing Pilates. Like she was constantly working at her own health and for what? And so I think that's one of the beautiful things about the programs, the the certification paths that I have gone through to get to where Mm -hmm. I am is that everything is root cause. Everything is bio-individual. Everything is very, very, very physiologically based, which I just, I love. I love the science behind everything. Yeah. Same. No. Yeah. Anyone who's like root cause medicine, I'm like, let's chat. (laughs) I love it so much. So you're a functional cancer nutritionist. I feel like there are so many myths when it comes to which foods are, which foods contribute to cancer. So I would love to have your take. You've looked at all the research. A bunch of it can be really skewed, I find, depending on who funded the researcher. What's the benefit here, right? And so Aetna, which is a health insurance company, made a list of cancer-causing foods. I literally Googled cancer-causing foods because I wanted to see what pops up first, what is the mainstream narrative telling us, and Mm -hmm. Number one on their list was processed meat, and they're using the data I'm sure you've seen from the World Health Organization who lists processed foods as a group one carcinogen. And then they also Mm -hmm. listed red meat as number two. So they listed a bunch (laughs) of different things. But I'm curious your take, like what is your response when people come to you and they say, but I've heard all meat causes cancer or red Uh meat causes cancer or processed foods causes cancer. What's your response to that? Ah, I'm going to keep it clean. I'm not going to say what's in my head. Or so, you could. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's, that would go too far. No, I'll keep it clean because maybe one day my kids will listen to these. Who knows? So processed meats. Okay. Are we talking about like, processed meats that don't even have meat in them? Like the Beyond right. Burger, the plant-based meats that we're seeing that right. have like 57 ingredients. Mm-hmm. Are we talking about a meat that has had some preservatives, some coloring, some of those things added? A lot of people don't even realize that a lot of the farm-raised salmon, it has color, like food dye added to it. So it it depends on what that definition is, because I can definitely get behind the additives being something that could contribute to cancer. I don't think, Mm. here's the thing. I don't think any one thing or one food or any of that causes cancer, right? Sure. The body and the metabolic systems and what's out of balance. But as far as red meat, 
No, eat the red meat. I thought it was actually really interesting. There's a gentleman, maybe you're familiar with him. He's a a medical doctor, Dr. Paul Saladino, Mm -hmm. and he's been doing, I don't know if you've seen one of his latest ones. I was honestly surprised because he goes into McDonald's because he's asking all these different places, Chick-fil-A, you know, and I haven't watched all of them, but he's been asking them about what they're cooking their meat in. The oils. Yeah. And they're all using these seed oils and McDonald's, McDonald's swears they are not using seed oils for their burgers. So it is not, it could have GMO soy, it could have GMO corn, it could have different things that the cattle that are eventually making these meats, Mm -hmm. of course, it could have that in the cattle itself, but they are not cooking with seed oils. But what is their response? What are they cooking in? I think he got an answer and I don't really, I think it's just the burger goes directly on the pan. But then again, how is that pan seasoned? How is it not yeah. stick? Like if it's a yeah. griddle, I'm not advocating that everybody should go there necessarily. And of course, when you're desperate and that's the only thing on the highway, you do yeah. what you got to do. Exactly. But again, it's not hundred percent grass fed, grass finished beef, which is really right. what I think is ideal. And honestly, the wilder cuts are even better, whether that's sure. like elk or different red meats mm-hmm. because they're just more nutrient dense. But, but yeah, I was kind of surprised by that, that that was his finding on McDonald's. Yeah. Um, I'm shocked by that too, because he's very picky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And gosh, I hear so many people that they're like, well, I really wish I had the funds to go down to Mexico and do all the things and do the raw vegan diet. And I'm like, well, you might be missing some nutrients. And so we talk about, Mm. you know, the things that are in meat, but also specifically red meat that are more bioavailable, including people always think of like B vitamins and they think of plant foods. And I'm like, well, it's really going to be more bioavailable in the meat. It's Mm -hmm. going to have the cofactors there. Like it's just this beautiful whole food source. Um, It really is. Yeah. And so I just, I can't help but promote it. I had a client a while back who had lung cancer that had metastasized to his brain. And we started working on just changing lifestyle. And there was some scotch involved and he's already had colon cancer. He's had a colon root. He's been through the ringer already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, He's been through the ringer already. And of course he asked, he was like, am I going to have to do broccoli? Am I going to have to do beets? Am I going to have to do... I said, well, I really want you to be eating red meat if you're cool with that. And I know he's a barbecue guy. So I was like, try not to do like the super charcoaly grill. Like don't really char your meats. Like leave them a little little bit more on the medium, maybe medium rare. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, if you can avoid smoking and do it like on a pan inside for a little bit, that's probably just the carcinogens that come off of the smoke. And we talked about that. Long story short, he's two months into this and he's like, well, my oncologist is telling me that I need to avoid raw red meat, raw ground beef, because of the potential exposure to parasites. He, what do you think about that? I said, well, one, I think you're an adult. So I think you can make your own decisions based on my information, your own research, whatever. Right. And he was like, well, I really want to eat beef tartare. I actually really like it. And I said, okay, well, here's my thoughts. We've been supporting your body. If you have the stomach acid you need to properly digest it, then you also have the stomach acid you need to to kill kill parasites. Yeah, exactly. And Lo and behold, he's like, okay, well then I'm just going to keep doing it. And he came back to me just last week, maybe Mm -hmm. a week before and told me that when they did his latest follow-up scans, of course he did chemotherapy and radiation, they could not even find a scar from the brain tumor on his last MRI. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. I love this. I'm jumping. It's just gone. 
Yeah, no, they had to go back and look at the original one to see where it was like, and then compare. And so he's just, I mean, he's got like one little spot on his liver or not his liver. I'm sorry, his lung. And they're just like, I'm just stoked on life for him. And it's not yes. like, Ooh, look what I did. It's like, Oh, look, I actually got to help somebody and yes. he his body and he's been doing all this hard work and he's reintroduced his scotch, which is totally fine. Cause he's grown up, but it's, so it's just, it's fun. It's really, it's really, really cool to see people go, Oh, I like eating this way. I like living this way. I feel better this way. That's the ultimate reward right there. Right. And it's like, I think that that is really a process. You start saying, let's remove this, let's add this. And it feel, it can feel like something you're mourning. Like I'm mourning my old life and my old way of eating. And it feels so hard. And I really think that the full transformation comes when clients realize this is not a small short-term fix. This is now a lifestyle. This will be the rest of my life. And I, and not only that, but like, I enjoy it. I've started to associate, I feel better. And so I want to do this long-term. Like, I think that to me is like the ultimate win, right? And and it's a journey. And that is something Mm -hmm. that I've experienced myself. My husband teases me all the time. He's like, well, when we met, you said we could eat this and this, like we could eat these things and we don't eat any of those anymore. And I was like, well, that's true. And he was like, and then five years ago, you said we could do this and this, and now we can't do that anymore. And I was like, well, that's true. He was like, and when you were pregnant two years ago, (laughs) almost exactly two years ago, my daughter was born. And he was like, you said we could do this, this, not, and you were eating all of these things. And we were like all about the cauliflower rice was huge during my pregnancy. And now now we don't touch it. And like, it's not in our house. I don't get it when we go out to eat anything. I don't eat cauliflower at all anymore. And he's, you keep changing things. And I was like, well, that's because I'm growing and learning and adapting. And it's not just the foods. It's what are you using in your household to clean? What are you Mm -hmm. using, you know, baby wipes or cleaning wipes? What are you using on your counters? What are you using on your carpets? What are you putting in a pool? All that stirring up all kinds of stuff. What are you putting on your yard? What are you using? And it just goes on and on and on. I know so many things. Totally. Okay. So you mentioned Paul Saladino. Are you personally carnivore? Are you pretty fully animal-based? I am animal-based 80% of the time. Sometimes it leans one way or the other. So so I don't know how well your audience knows it, but just animal-based. So we're talking like meat, fruit, which I prefer mine frozen. I'm not going to lie because I do it in smoothies. Frozen fruit, honey, raw dairy. I do... I always say I do a fair amount of raw dairy and then people tell me, oh, well, I tried dairy and I tried the H2 and I tried the raw and I just don't feel good. And I'm like, how much did you have and what did you have it with? Were you mixing your dairy with maybe you're doing carbs and you did it with your sweet potato like or whatever. And so Mm. let's let's tailor back. What are we mixing it with and how much? Because some people are like, well, I sat down and had an eight ounce glass of milk. And I'm like, why? That's the first thing you want to do is you give yourself a full, which okay, it's delicious, but that might not be the best idea to get your body to like Mm. reintroduce something right? or newly introduce something for that matter. But no, so animal-based definitely nose to tail organs, Mm -hmm. sometimes in the capsule form, because that's just how they they get into the body sometimes. Right. Um, Not everybody's going to sit down and eat spleen or thymus or, Mm -hmm. you know, all the different foods. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so I, I would say that I tolerate and metabolize coffee very, very well. I've had my gene report done. So I I actually know legitimately that I am a fast metabolizer of coffee. So I keep my coffee. We like sourdough bread. I probably make sourdough Mm. bread every two to three months. And especially over the holidays and stuff, like 
if somebody makes a cake, I'm going to eat it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm going to have a slice. Like I, I'm, I'm very thankfully I'm not, I, that I know of, I don't have any autoimmune issues. So mm-hmm. I don't have to be careful about gluten or yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily always feel a hundred percent, but I wanted tortilla chips the other day. So I got tortilla and they were there corn and they were cooked in corn oil, which is, yeah. you know, but it's balanced. And that's the biggest thing that I really like teaching my clients is let's get you to where you feel like 99 to 100%. Let's get you like really, really good. That way, when you do bring something back in that you sort of tolerate, bring it back in occasionally. Yeah. And you won't feel quite like you won't go from like 99 to like 25%. You'll <laughs> For go sure. from like 99 to like maybe 80 or maybe. And that's mm. what you do is you learn which foods have not a great response and which ones just totally put you in bed the next day. And that's the ones that you just avoid. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I was talking to someone recently who was saying like, was in need of healing. We were chatting and she was saying like, I don't like restrictive things. I don't think that restricting, cutting things out is good. And, you know, I'm like, here's the deal. I totally understand that from like a long-term perspective, but there sometimes needs to be a season of healing and that needs to be disciplined and that needs to be very specific, but it's my goal to always help people get to the most expensive diet that they can, right? (laughs) Like we want to give you as many foods as you can eat, but there are definitely times that we need to have like a really focused healing phase. And I've had that unfortunately many times for myself too. So speaking of healing, food is medicine. I know that your work is very, very bio-individual. So you're, you're, you're looking at all of the factors when someone comes to you and looking at all of their blood work, spending weeks going over stuff, and then you give them an eating plan. So I know that it's really specific, but I'm curious, is there anything that is kind of overarching, right? So So like, is there anything that for a lot of your clients, you're like, stick to eating these things, avoid these things. Are there any like overarching kind of like trends that you see that you recommend or recommend that people don't eat a lot? I mean, the biggest things are getting off the processed foods. Mm, Yeah. Getting off artificial sugars. That's the thing. Like I would much rather you, let's say, let's take a very simple example. Someone is full-blown addicted to soda. Like hundred fluid ounces a day. We still see that. Let's say yes. Coke zero. Let's say somebody's addicted to Coke zero. Yeah. If we're going through that healing phase, I'm not going to ask them to stop cold Turkey. It's going to make them feel awful anyway. So how about instead of Coke zero, and maybe it's even decreasing the amount of Coke zero initially. Right. And then it's okay. Well, let's get to the, it's not ideal either, but let's get to the high fructose corn syrup and get you off the sucralose. Or I don't even remember which one specifically is in Coke zero right now. Right. And then let's get you from that one. Let's get you to the cane sugar. And that one's going to taste so sweet to you. Let's get your cane sugar. Let's get it in a glass bottle. If they still have those, they're hard to find, but let's get you there. And then let's wean you off that one. That's how I honestly did it. I was a Dr. Pepper addict years ago, but so it's, and that's the thing is some people, it it depends on where you're at. I was struggling with migraines. I was struggling with eczema. I wasn't dealing with a potentially fatal diagnosis. I wasn't dealing with, I was chatting with another lovely girl the other day. She just found out she has graves. She Mm. just got diagnosed with graves. And so there's some things there where she's already done a ton of like cleaned up her diet. She knows to soak and sprout her nuts and seeds. And I said, Mm. well, and she avoids nuts actually. And I said, well, can we take out seeds? Can we just take them out for a little bit? 
So I think getting rid of the processed foods, getting rid of the sugars and then the seed oils. Those are, those are the big ones to go back to your original point. Yeah, totally. And I feel like seed oils, it's so interesting because it has only been in my conscience consciousness for the last couple years now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is another one of the things in my opinion, that is like one of those warning alarms, like red meat, processed foods and saturated fats. (laughs) People will, you'll hear all the time, like avoid saturated fats. You need to replace them with seed oils, which came about around the time that Crisco came out, which was really the first seed oil. And the government told us seed oils are heart healthy, right? Right. So what? I I think the intentions, I always like to think the intentions were good. I know we were looking for a stable option, which is where margarine came from. Now they didn't disclose that margarine has nickel in it or that it's gray. So they dye it to look like butter. They didn't go through any of that. Their whole thing was we're supporting the boys overseas. We have to get calories to them. And it it goes back to that argument. If there is nothing on the highway and you have to stop at McDonald's, by all means go eat food, skip the bun maybe, but like you do what you got to do. So they were just trying to get calories over. And I don't think this hydrogenated oil thing. I don't think it was intended to be harmful. I Mm. think what happened was they found a good solution. It worked. Everything got subsidized. Farmers were like, we're getting subsidized for this. Okay. And then it was, oh, wait, maybe this is kind of harmful. And so how do you back out of that? And people are like, well, what about olive oil? What about avocado oil? What about coconut oil? And the best I can do is say, hey, let's look at good, better, best. Mm. And then I can tell you what I do. We do a lot of butter. I'm not going to lie. We do so much better (laughs) in our house. That's like our main thing. Yeah. Um, And some people are going to say, well, I can't do the butter because I'm not tolerating dairy right now. Mm. So I'll say, okay, well, if you want to do ghee, but ghee is really expensive unless you want to make your own ghee. Yeah. And it's, I don't personally like ghee. Like, it's just me. Like, I don't like it. If you can do butter, it's like, why would you do ghee if you can do butter? Yeah. Yeah, I literally just got two entire big grass bed containers of of butter from Costco today. I'm like stocking up. No, I love butter too. Do you guys do tallow as well? I have tallow. I intended to cook with it more than I do. I really honestly love it for like body care. Like I love a good tallow like too. body cream. Yes. Um, I make my own. I know I'm so weird. I make my own like tallow face cream. It's so good. You. I was, yeah. but it's just uh, with everything we have going on, it's I know. so time consuming. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's messy. It, well, if yeah. you're, depending on what you're adding to it, because I would add tamanu oil into mine because mm-hmm. tamanu oil is a mi- yeah. technically a seed seed oils for face. I'm like, I'm good. Like you put on your face, certain ones, maybe don't consume them, but nobody's going to consume tamanin oil anyway. So it's, no, I love tallow. I just, I like the flavor profile of butter and the texture a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So So you talked about for yourself, kind of leaning animal-based. Do you lean that way with your clients? What are you saying about leafy greens, nuts, seeds, fruits, vegetables, not fruits, vegetables? Depends um, on in the terms, <laughs> Yeah. Depends. Well, no, I mean like fruits and vegetables, right? Like it's that whole, oh, tomato, it's a vegetable. Well, actually it's a fruit. Oh, but wait, it's a fruit, but it's a nightshade. So there's like, you know, is it <laughs> high in lectins? Is mm-hmm. it, you know, is this one high in oxalates? And right. you know, people are like sitting there Googling, what is an oxalate? What does right. that matter? Because nobody, and you get skewed information anytime you Google anything. So right. you have to look for the trusted sources, I guess, or the mm-hmm. sources you think you can trust. But um, 
No, that is one of the, because I have gotten vegetarian and, and vegan applicants. I require really? people to apply to work with me and it, just because it's intense. And I want to make sure that you're getting the right person, that I'm getting the right person. A lot of, I will get people all the time that are like, Hey, I'm really interested in working with you for weight loss. And I'm like, that's great. I'm, that's awesome. I don't do weight loss. That's like a mm. byproduct of what I do. So I can refer you to somebody else that I love that would be really great for you. That's just kind of my principle. That's one of my stances. Yeah. But yeah, so... So what do you do with vegetarian clients? Do you turn them away? I don't turn them away. If there's good, intense purposes, all of those things, and it it seems like it's a good fit. What I do tell them is one, you have to be willing to, at the very, very least, consume desiccated beef organs, Mm, right? So we'll start capsule form. And then I also take the time before they start working with me, I explain that most people who struggle with their physical response to meat, because I hear this all the time. Oh, well, I can do chicken, but I can't do red meat. Or, well, I really don't like meat because I just, I just don't feel good. It feels like a brick in my stomach. That's the most common one I hear. It feels like a brick in my stomach. So it depends on why they have an aversion to meat. Um, mm. And then we talk about it. We talk about having the proper stomach acid, having the proper enzymes and how we're yep. going to work on that and support that. And then if it's more, which as a kid, I feel like every kid goes through this. If it's more proper treatment of animals and all of those things, I will explain to them the difference in between how pork is treated, oh, yeah. how beef is treated, how, and then I will typically send them to sacred cow if yep. they're willing to read because sacred cow is full of so much. It's over here somewhere. Yep. So many research studies and documentation and the two people who co-wrote it, like they've even been on Joe Rogan and everything. Like, yeah. So, so the documentary is good. The book is phenomenal for being kind to animals yeah. and doing the right thing and just so in favor of the sustainability, the humane treatment, just all the things. I just, I don't have enough good things to say about that book. I'm so glad they, sure. they wrote it. I, oh, um, sure. I love both of them. Diana Rogers and Rob Wolf yes. love both of them have yes. really appreciated their work for a really long time. And yeah, that, yeah, a whole nother conversation, but even just like understanding that animals are necessary to regenerate this earth, right? Like we have to have proper animal management and it's ideal for our bodies. So if we're looking at nutritional density, eating animal, eating cow organs is some of the most nutritional foods on the planet. So there's a lot to be said there, but it's beneficial for us. And so I think it's good to figure out a way to raise regenerative meat that's also yes. benefiting the planet, carbon negative, even all the things. Okay, cool. Food we chatted about. I want to know what are a few of the lifestyle habits that you utilize in your own life or that mm-hmm. you suggest to your clients? Really, I'm thinking more like preventative things that we can do. Mm-hmm. Get out the I know sunlight. there's a million <laughs> sunlight. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So like the free ones, get out in the sunlight in the mornings. That helps with your circadian rhythm, right? Okay. Going for a walk. If you can not sitting down all the time, the sit to stand desks are really, really popular, but you're still staring at a blue screen all day. Get some blue light lock blockers, get outside. I'm very, very thankful that I don't have to work under fluorescent lights anymore. I love all of those quick and easy grabs that people can do. Go to bed on time, avoid blue light for a couple hours before you even go to bed. I know some people go super extreme and do like red light bulbs in their home. We don't do that, but I actually, we have, I mean, they have other health benefits, but we have salt lamps all over our house because I never turn them off and they're like our little night lights and all of yes, our, our totally. So we keep the salt lamps. And I think aside from that, like I'm really big on foam rolling. Love it. 
huge on foam rolling. I'm actually for the first time ever actually paying for a subscription for foam rolling because there's a girl that I love that does phenomenal videos for everything, oh, digestion, cool. everything. Oh my yeah. gosh, I want to know. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Lo Roxburgh, look her up. It's called okay. Align Aligned Life Studio, I think. Yeah, no, she's amazingly brilliant. Pelvic floor, all mm-hmm. the yummy things. So yeah, no, foam rolling is amazing. That's something that I try to integrate. Mm-hmm. Weightlifting. People are always like, oh, what do you do for exercise? Weightlifting. Can for I please sure. get this? Like, even if it's just dumbbells, even if it's resistance bands, mm-hmm. you don't have to have gym membership. You don't have to have anything fancy, like just start. And if it's five minutes a day, yeah. Oh my gosh. Great. You're doing great. You're doing, right? you're doing great. Yeah. And it's great because I feel like you mentioned a few of my big hitters too, but even the things that you listed also help you manage stress, right? Going on a walk, getting to bed on time. Like a lot of these things are also going to help you manage stress, which yeah. can be unfortunately a building block of disease and in this fast-paced lifestyle, a lot of us are super stressed. Okay, I do want to ask you, someone who gets a cancer diagnosis right now, what is your message to that person? My biggest message is educate yourself and know that you are always the one who is in control of your cancer journey, what you want to do. I feel like so many people, it's not just MDs. It's not just oncologists. It's there's friends and family members. There's people who've gone through it. Oh, I had breast cancer. I had the BRCA gene. So I had to have, and it's well, maybe I have a different path. Maybe that's the right path for you and that's okay. But I think the biggest thing is to educate yourself, become very aware of what your options are be willing to listen to both sides. So you might listen to me and be like, oh, well, she sounds really cool, but maybe I need to look into this raw vegan thing and red light therapy, which is great. Red light therapy. I'm a big proponent of mistletoe therapy and work with a naturopath that does it. So, you know, it's, it's educate yourself. Like don't be so afraid of your diagnosis that you can't go out and look at Dr. Nisha Winters and listen to some of her, find her on YouTube, listen to podcast interviews with her. She and I are not going to agree on anything. And she has a whole lot more experience than I do. And she's been working with her own cancer journey for the longest Mm. time. And I love her and she's brilliant. It's okay that I don't agree with her. I'm sure she would say the same thing. Like this is where different people need those different perspectives because at Mm. the end of the day, they're going to find that person that resonates with them and really gets them to where they need to be. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I do think that you choose what's right for you, whether you and I agree with that person and what they want to do or not. And I do, I do appreciate that you have this holistic approach and you just mentioned your patient getting radiation and chemotherapy. And so I appreciate that you're willing to work with people kind of regardless of their path. Like how can we optimize and how can you help regardless of their, all of their treatment options, all of the tools in their toolkit, whatever they're doing. So I think that's like a really, really noble thing. This has been too short, but I'm going to ask you (laughs) the final questions that I ask everybody. So at the end of your life, when you're looking back, what will a successful life look like for you? Uh, The quick and easy answer is, did I make it on to Joe Rogan? That's not the real answer, but it kind (laughs) of is. Um, Okay. So fun fact, uh Um, I interviewed Will Harris. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love and Will. And then Joe Rogan interviewed Will Harris and I was like, okay, 
this is like a moment for me that I interviewed someone first yes. that then Joe Rogan interviewed. I was like, this is it's a moment. So I, I, <laughs> well, and then I listened to him, I don't know, a side tangent, but I listened to him talk to Derek from More Plates, a post um, scandal in the animal right. based community. Uh-huh. Um, and he's sitting there talking about, it. he's like, I don't have to talk to people. I don't want to talk to I don't want to talk to that guy. And I'm like, I want to be somebody Joe Rogan wants to talk to. That's totally. like, that's like career achievement, but no, I think <laughs> successful life though. Like I want my kids to, I, I want my kids to thrive, to feel, I want them to feel successful. I want to be able to leave and go, Oh wow. Like I've made an imprint on them. But I also think this goes directly back to my mom. When my mom died, and we had her, it wasn't, it was, it was a celebration of life, not a funeral. Mm-hmm. Like she really wanted this celebration of life. Mm-hmm. It was amazing where people flew in from, like how many people were there and so many people that couldn't make it, that wanted to make it. And so many things that were said about her. And I thought, this mm-hmm. is how, you know, this is a good human because people are so desperately heartbroken, but also talk about how much she impacted them. And she was a housewife. She didn't have a career. She wasn't a nutritionist. She wasn't a doctor. She wasn't a fitness expert. She wasn't a lawyer. Like, you know, yeah. she was just this housewife that just loved people mm. and loving on them and listening to them. Like all, I, I want to be that. That's what I want to yeah. be. That's a successful life. When people look at you and go, that person meant so much to me. That's mm. it right there. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. So what's something in your life that you have been really specifically intentional about recently? How I'm raising my youngest, how I'm raising my daughter. So intentional, not to be confused with controlling because yeah. I, I know people go, Oh, well, what are you feeding her? That's what they want to know. What does she eat? What do you do for her meals? What was the first food you get? They want to know all those things. And I'm like, no, it's how I'm raising her because I, want to have structure. I want to have discipline. Mm. I also want her to see me as someone who is insanely kind, strong, Mm. but also kind. And the kindness factor has been a very long journey for me in my 40 years. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I know it's challenging to get there, especially when you're with, with your kids that you see all the time. And then what's something you want to be more intentional about in the future? Ah, same thing. Being kind in general. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I was not, it's funny. My husband and I were talking the other night about like when we were in high school and stuff and we didn't know each other, but just like high school right. days, college days. And he was like, wait, you weren't a nice person. And he kind of winked at me and I was like, I was so not a nice person. And, and it wasn't <laughs> that I was mean. I just yeah. wasn't nice either. And, and so I think just again, being kind, being able to say no, being able to say it in a very respectful and kind way mm-hmm. and setting those boundaries, but also doing it with kindness. Yeah. I also do want to be more intentional about establishing a good, like taking care of my body mm. routine. Cause yeah. my daughter, she's almost two. And I mean, we co-sleep, she's with me all the time. We're still breastfeeding, which right. is great. I, I love it. I don't have any intentions of stopping anytime soon until she's ready, but it's like, okay, well, what do I need to do to make sure that my body is taken care of? And mm. I've done some of it. I need it to be a daily practice. Yeah. Absolutely. I know those, that like little kid phase is so Mm -hmm. tough with all of the hands on you, all of the mouths on Mm -hmm. you. Like, it's just like, it's so so physically demanding. It really, yeah, it totally goes so fast. And even, even now my son is seven and I'm like pinching his little cheeks. I'm like, 
that's all I have left. Like his little tummy is gone. And like, I I just have like a little bit of cheek left. And, but it is so physically demanding and it's so hard to make that time for yourself. So I totally understand that. You know, you have older kids, it gets easier. Amazing. Well, Tiffany, where can people connect with you or where can people apply to work with you? I know you're popular and you have a wait list, but tell us how that works. If you want to see content and just learn more about me, I've done a few other podcasts too. If you want to look those up and whatever your podcast platform is, I'm a Spotify girl personally, not a shout out. (laughs) So there, but also Instagram, I'm the.cancer.nutritionist on Instagram. It did recently change. So that's a new update. And then my website is just www tiffany i would say tiffany like the jewelry store meyer like the lemon and then wellness.com okay perfect thank you so much for being here thank you Thank you so much, Tiffany, for being on the show. I really, really loved this conversation and I had some tidbits that I'm going to put into action in my own life. This is such an important conversation and I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. Be sure to check out Tiffany on Instagram at the.cancer.nutritionist. All of her links are there that you can work with her or check out her Instagram, learn more from her. Thank you so much for listening this week. I will see you next week next week.